After a long day of wild football, the Eagles and the Miami Dolphins are kicking off. Bimageddon is almost over as this Sunday is coming to a close. And it's time for the Week 7 version of The Good, The Bad, and The Box Score. Welcome. You're listening to JWB Fantasy Football. Thanks for listening. What's going on, everybody? Wyatt back again for another episode of this weekly recap from JWB. Before I jump into everything, if you are new here to this channel and you are not subscribed yet, if you enjoy this video, please like and subscribe. It's the best way to support us. Everybody out there who's still riding with us, we appreciate you for staying along. All right, first, let's get to a few injuries, just a few to get through real quick. Um, Deshaun Watson took a really hard hit, fell on, bounced his head off the, the ground, but he did pass concussion symptom protocols, uh, but just was not put back in the game by Kevin Stefanski. It basically came out that Stefanski said, yeah, we're just not going to risk it. He was coming back from the shoulder injury, took a hard hit, like, we're just not going to put him back in the game. Then, in fact, they've already come out and said, like, he's projected to be the starter next week, so... You don't have to worry about you know him possibly being on another week, theoretically. Although he's been so bad this year, you probably don't want to be relying on him anyways. Uh, Christian Watson left the, uh, late in the game with a knee injury, so we need to get some more information on exactly what's going on there. And then Jerome Ford has a possible ankle injury that we're going to need to look to see what kind of uh, injury it actually is because you know high ankle, low ankle, those are very different things, have different outcomes for how long he'll actually be out. But let's jump into the best and worst performances of the week. As always, this isn't necessarily just the highest point totals from players, although it is obviously a very big factor here where these ones are about context and the ones that really matter, the ones that we can get the most information for from this week. All right, starting off with the good, Lamar Jackson. 21 and 27, 357 passing yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, ran for another 36 yards and a touchdown, did lose a fumble, but still 33.88 fantasy points. Love to see it. Um, I've kind of talked about this on a couple shows now, but Lamar Jackson has looked, looked absolutely fantastic. And his fantasy woes, if you could call him that, where he wasn't quite getting to the fantasy points we'd like, had nothing to do with his play and everything to do with the players around him. As we were getting a lot of drops, there was the game where it was like, I believe they had seven drops as a team. Lamar Jackson is cooking this season. Um, he has a chance to be the number one QB overall, which was one of my bold calls on Twitter right before the season. There's still a chance of that happening. Uh, this was just a great game for Lamar Jackson. Next up, Deonta Foreman. 16 carries, 89 yards, two touchdowns, also had five targets, something we do not see for Deontay Foreman. Three catches, 31 yards, and a touchdown for 30 half PPR points. No Cool Herbert, no Roshan Johnson. Deontay Foreman crushed it this week. Uh, good matchup against the Raiders, but last week, Deontay Foreman had this backfield to himself, essentially, same kind of deal, and did not live up to expectations quite like we had hoped. So it's good to see that Deontay Foreman still has these kinds of games in him. We've seen him do it before when he's given a backfield to himself. He can perform really well. You know, he's I definitely think he is one of these running backs who he needs some carries to get going. He's, he's not someone who can just come in for five touches and be effective with it normally. He, he seems to be better the more you get him involved, uh, which he was involved a lot this game. With that said, 
He was firmly behind Khalil Herbert and Roshan Johnson when everybody was healthy. I'm not sure this game changes anything because the Bears have no reason to change the plan. Uh, they want to continue to work with their young weapons, including Herbert and Roshan Johnson. That's why I wanted to ha- talk about him specifically today is that you got a really good week from Deonta Foreman if you used him this week. I don't know if you're going to have any more this season. I think Roshan Johnson is likely to come back next week uh, from his concussion. Khalil Herbert should be coming back not that long after that. So we'll see how much we actually get with Deonta Foreman. If it's just him and Roshan Johnson, I do think they'll split kind of 50-50. So depending on matchup, like he might be able to be a flex play for you depending on league, but that's where we're at. The last good performance I've got here to talk about is Patrick Mahomes. I know what you're thinking. Like, how are we even talking about a good Patrick Mahomes, you know, performance? Like he does it all the time. But coming into this game, he was averaging less than 20 points per game, which is not Patrick Mahomes. He was actually having not as good of a season as we'd like. But, boy, you come out today just cooking against the Chargers. 32 of 42, 424 yards, four touchdowns, did throw one interception, but also added 29 rushing yards for 33.86 points, just barely under Lamar Jackson's point total for this week. What can you say? Mahomes was Mahomes today. He was making all the off-platform throws accurately to all the players. Everybody was cooking today. It was great to see. And honestly, we needed this kind of game for Mahomes because we have not been getting the Patrick Mahomes we've been used to so far this year. He hasn't been bad. He just hasn't been quite as good as we've liked. All right, let's talk about the worst performances of the week that I've got here. The first bad one is Bijan Robinson. Probably the talk of Twitter today. One carry for three yards on t- 10 snaps. And no one truly knows what happens here. happened here today. The one thing we got was a quote from Arthur Smith, like in the middle of the game, where basically said that Bijan Robinson wasn't feeling that well. And now we've got like allergy speculation and stuff. Listen, I'm, I don't want to try and speculate to exactly what happened here. I just have a hard time believing that it was just like he didn't feel well. I don't know. Like, I don't know what it was. I don't know if we will ever know what it was. Hopefully something comes out during the week that says what really happened. Maybe he did like hurt himself right before the game. And just like that information did not come out. And Arthur Smith has a way of phrasing things to, I guess, to purposely piss off fantasy players because he's very uh, close to the vest with everything he says and has shown that he does not care whatsoever about fantasy players. I mean, we shouldn't expect any coaches or players to care about us. Like if I could be on my little soapbox for a second, like we should never really complain about coaches or players when they say like they don't care about our fantasy teams. Cause why would they, they have no reason to, uh, they have a job to do and scoring fancy points for our team is not their job. Uh, that's kind of just like an, uh, uh, um, something that happens, you know, from them playing in general. But I don't know, like we may never find out what really happened here today. Maybe next week to be John Robbins right back to normal. Like nothing ever happened. I don't know. It's just really weird. And it obviously really hurt all of our fantasy teams. The next bad player I've got here is Sam Howell. Went 22 of 42 for 249 yards, no touchdowns, one interception. Did add 15 rushing yards, but still that's under 10 points with 9.46 points on the day. In a awesome matchup against the Giants, Sam Howell failed to live up to expectations, which hurts this week by Mageddon. He was already a streaming QB uh, 
for most of this year. So this week, with so many teams on bye, he was definitely one of the premier streaming options for the week for him to do this. It's really unfortunate. But I think we, you know, we have to expect games like this out of Sam Howell. You know, we here at JWB really like Sam Howell coming out of college, and we're surprised when he was drafted in the fifth round of the NFL draft. But we do have to remember that he wasn't a fifth-round NFL draft pick, so teams felt a certain way about him, and they're better talent evaluators than we are. Um, so he's going to have some up and down games. He's going to have some really good games. He's going to have some really bad games. We've we've seen both from him. Uh, he's still going to be a streaming option. So don't think that like because he had this bad game and a good matchup, like you can never count on him again. He's going to have good games again. The last bad performance I've got here is Cooper Cup. Quite unfortunate. Seven targets, two catches, 29 yards. Did get a two-point conversion, but still, that is only 5.9 half PPR points. Don't be worried about Cooper Cup. Obviously, Puka Nakua had the giant game today for them. Uh, I think that there will be more often than not, they will both have good games together, but there's going to be games in which one of them does much better than the other if that's the way defenses are playing them, if that's the way one of them is, you know, really driving on that day. But we have to remember, with all wide receivers, down weeks like this will happen. This natural variance will happen to every single wide receiver. So no one is safe from it. Yes, Cooper Cup had a bad week. Don't worry about it whatsoever. He's still going to be a top two, top three wide receiver next week. All right. Let's get on to my weekly notes from the week. Some of these headlines of some stuff that I thought was important to talk about. Starting off, the Jameer Gibbs breakout game. 11 carries, 61 yards, and a touchdown. 10 uh, targets, caught 9 of them, 58 yards, 22.4 half PPR points. Finally, we got the really good fantasy performance from Jameer Gibbs, who is obviously a very talented player, but the Lions also had something in mind for him when they drafted him. Despite them drafting at 12, they had something specifically in mind for him to pair with David Montgomery, who was out for this game. Uh, now, we don't know exactly how long David Montgomery will be out, but I think we've seen, as he has missed a game previously, that when he is playing, he is still going to be the main dude in that backfield getting the majority of the carries. The good thing here, though, is Jameer Gibbs has continued to get a high target share recently, and I expect that to continue moving forward. So these two can coexist. It's just remembering expectations for those two while they're both playing. When they're both playing, Dave Montgomery is like a low-end RB1, fringe RB1, maybe depending on matchup because we know they love him by the goal line and he's going to get a lot of carries. Jameer Gibbs may be more of like a back-end RB2 because we know he's going to get some passing game work and also pitch in a few carries, and it's a high-powered offense. So just remember expectations. Yes, it was great for a game from Jameer Gibbs. Love to see it. We kind of need to see it uh, to remind everybody that he is very talented. Um, and not to worry about him moving forward, especially in like Dynasty. Like you should definitely not be panicking about Jameer Gibbs, but keep those expectations in check for when David Montgomery returns. The Mac Jones bounced back. 25 of 30, 272 yards, two touchdowns, also had 11 yards on the ground, 19.98 fantasy points. Mac Jones had had some really, really bad games, uh, not finishing two of them. And then he came out here against the Bills defense, who's been tough, and had a game like this. Like, I still believe Mac Jones has that solid QB in him, like we saw today. Like, I think he can still be this more often than not. I don't know what's going on in New England, that they've had these ups and downs. 
I still don't think you can really trust Mac Jones, but it's good to see him have a good game like this, knowing that that's still there for him. Because like with QBs who have been beaten down the way Mac Jones has and has been really going through it, those QBs can lose confidence and start getting the yips and just like you can see them just be ruined and their talent go away. And that happens for, for some QBs. Seeing Mac Jones have a good game like this reminds us that it's still there, and hopefully it's not going anywhere. Hopefully they get everything under control. Darren Waller is still here. Eight targets, seven catches, 98 yards, one touchdown for 19.3 half PPR points. Uh, Darren Waller's had a tough go at it to start the year. Um, that Giants offense has had a tough go at it. And under Tyrod Taylor, they looked more alive. Uh, they won the game today, you know, they had good win for them against the, the commanders. And Darren Waller was the main benefactor in the passing game. He's the main target for Tyrod Taylor. It's a really good game for him. Um, I think there was some talk that like maybe Darren Waller is breaking down and he's not quite the player he was, which, you know, may or may not be true, but he showed at least in this game that he's still got juice. Josh Downs needs your respect. I brought up Josh Downs on this show before earlier in the season when he was really starting to uh, demand targets, and he's just continued to do so, and it's been very good of recent history, um, becoming that number two target in the Colts' offense. And without Anthony Richardson, they're having they pass the ball a lot, especially with Gardner Minshew, because Minshew has a way of being just like pure chaos out there in the way that he helps the defense and the offense at the same time. He can help an offense score points, but he also helps the defense score points, uh, the opposing defense, because he turns the ball over and makes mistakes at the same time. Uh, which, And with Shane Steichen there as head coach, they're not afraid to just drop back and pass the, the ball a lot. Uh, so Josh Downs has just been really good. He's really like a wide receiver three um, moving forward. I think you could possibly go a little bit higher if this continues. Like today, he had six targets, five catches, 125 yards, and a touchdown for 21 half PPR points. The touchdown came on like not a full broken play, but like a half broken play where uh, the Browns were called for offsides on the play. Miles Garrett stopped rushing. Uh, Downs got loose down the sideline. It kind of got lost back there, and Minshew hit him perfectly in stride, and he ran for the touchdown. Um, so like, yeah, I think he's like, a wide receiver three because he's got a good floor because of his uh, target volume, but also has the ceiling of like a wide receiver two more often than not. I think he'll like slowly creep if he continues on this path towards being like a back end wide receiver two. I don't think that should be crazy if he eventually gets there. The Rams backfield. First, we've got Daryl Henderson, 18 carries, 61 yards, one touchdown, two targets, one carry or for one reception, five yards, 13.1 half PPR points on 58% of snaps. Then Royce Freeman had 12 carries for 66 yards, no targets. So he just had the 6.6 points on 42% of the snaps. Zach Evans did not play an offensive snap. A um, lot of speculation this week as to what was going to happen in this backfield. And then like right before kickoff, uh, well, not actually not right before kickoff, but early morning, I should say there was speculation. And Schefter reported that it's sounding like Zach Evans is going to be backing up Henderson and Freeman. And then that kind of got confirmed before game time that that was going to be the case. I still, even then I think people probably expected Zach Evans to get mixed in a little bit because he was like the rookie who's been on the roster, but Zach Evans must really, really be bad behind the scenes. Um, 
his story is a wild one. He came into college as a really, really highly thought of prospect. Um, has shown talent when on the field, but has always found a way to kind of like get in his own way, get in his own path. And him transferring, uh, splitting time there and falling this late into the NFL draft. But anyways, they showed us our, their hand, I would say here, that Daryl Henderson is the RB1. Uh, Royce Freeman is the RB2. Daryl Henderson's going to get more passing down work than Freeman. Um, Daryl Henderson got the goal line carry that he got the touchdown on, which is important. So as long as Kyron Williams is out, Daryl Henderson, to me, is an RB2. Royce Freeman is like low-end RB3, RB4, um, because if he's not going to get any pass on work, it's not really valuable. And if he doesn't get the goal line work. And then Zach Evans, I mean, is droppable. If he's not going to play any offensive snaps, there's no point in having him on your roster. The Cardinals' backfield. Amari Deep Mercado finally made this work. I, two weeks ago, James Conner gets injured. Mari Di Mercado plays the majority of the snaps. Looks kind of good. Uh, that was up with Ingram injured. Ingram comes back, but everybody thinks, you know, well, Mari Di Mercado looked kind of good in his time. And we've seen Keontae Ingram, and it was not good. So let's give this kid, this rookie, a chance. Now, Ingram's still, you know, only a second-year player, so he's obviously very young, too. But he got a chance last year, and it wasn't good. So let's see what Di Mercado can do. And then last week, he has the least amount of touches in the backfield to Ingram and Damian Williams, but he played the most snaps. So it was a little bit confusing. What does that mean? Well, going into this week, you know, we weren't really sure what to make of it. I myself projected them all to kind of be involved. Uh, but then, like, we see this game that it's just all the Mercado. 13 carries, 58 yards, 5 targets, 4 catches, 17 yards, 9.5 Half PPR points, not a lot, but he played 81% of the snaps. Damian Williams played the other 19 snaps with one carry for two yards, and Keontae Ingram only played special teams. So again, I think, like, similar to the Rams, the Cardinals showed us what they're doing. Uh, I don't think this is something where you're like, oh, well, last week it was Keontae Ingram, this, way is, this week it was DeMarcado, so, like, what's it going to be next week? Because, as I mentioned, DeMarcado played the most snaps last week, as well, he just the touches weren't quite there. So I think this is them shifting to Di Mercado as long as Connor is out. With that said, just on volume alone, I think he's like an RB3, maybe fringe RB2 because this offense isn't quite as good. And uh, I don't think Murray Di Mercado is that particularly special. Whereas like when we were talking about the Rams, like that's an offense that we know is going to score points. So even if Henderson is not that great, just on the volume on an offense like that, because he kind of becomes an RB2, whereas Di Mercado on a worse offense, yes, he's getting some touches, but on a low-scoring offense, it's not as worth as much, so he's more an RB3. Last one I've got here before getting out, Cortland Sutton is quietly having a good year. Today he went uh, six targets, six catches, 76 yards, and a touchdown for 16.6. Half PPR points, a lot of sixes there. But now he's averaging 10.9 half PPR points per game, which is actually his highest since his sophomore breakout season. 10.9 isn't a you know a massive amount of points per game in half PPR, but it's solid. You know that is someone you're happy to have in your lineups as your wide receiver three, uh, which is good because we you know 
we need some some help from this Denver offense. There's not a lot of coming up people coming out of there that we're reliably being able to start. But at least Court Sutton is kind of like making it known that he can be reliably started as a wide receiver three, maybe wide receiver two in the correct matchups. But it's still all right for us. Uh, I personally was out on Cortland Sutton coming into the year. I just didn't think he really had it anymore. It didn't seem like it the last couple of years. I think he's showing people like myself that he's still got some game left and can still be a fantasy contributor. But that's going to wrap things up for this episode of the Good, the Bad, Box Score. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter, you can do so at YP underscore FF. You can follow JWB at JWB underscore FF. In the description of this video, you'll find the link to our free Discord where we're nearing 600 members. So you know that there are plenty of great conversations happening every single day about every single format. You can also find the link to our Patreon for all of our bonus content. As I said in the beginning, please like and subscribe. If you haven't already, it would mean the world to us. I appreciate all of you. I'll see you next time.